Welcome to this week's Monday meeting. Today is July 29th, 2019. Monday meetings are a chance for motion designers all over the world to connect and ask questions, share inspiration, or hear presentations and interact with industry leading artists on an equal playing field. Today is an open conversation and your hosts are Liam Clisham, myself, and Mark Sonosia. Um, if you have any questions throughout the call, please use question in the chat and we will definitely field those or you can use the raise your hand function by going to participants at the bottom and then uh, using the raise your hand button. As always, if anything becomes kind of off topic or spammy, we'll mute you just to keep the call moving forward. Also, if you say anything that you have concerns about that are under NDA or um, whatever, we will omit it from the final release. And just a couple of things with Camp MoGraph to tie up. Um, sales are going to be ending on September 6th. And last count we had, we had like 24 spots left. Um, I think that might even be lower because I think Dave said we got a sale on Friday or Saturday last week. So um, just be aware if you want to be going to Camp MoGraph, we're running out of spots quickly and the sale ends soon. Um, should I announce Seagraph? Coupon code yeah. since Seagraph is yeah. started. So if you haven't bought yet, we are doing a sale for Seagraph. It is Seagraph 2019 for the coupon code. Um, if you go to our Instagram, you'll see an ad most likely running or a post with how much you can save. I think at most you can save like $300 or like within that range off the like maximum size cabin. Um, like somewhere around 50 bucks for a tent spot as well. So pretty big sales for Seagraph as we wrap up these final tickets. As always, thanks to our sponsors from Maxon, Otoy, School of Motion, Red Giant, Pixel Plow, Insidium, and AE Scripts. Um, that's it, I think, for intro, right? Yeah. Cool. Um, I, I wrote down just because we were talking about it before the, the actual call got started was niching down and we were talking about some other things. So uh, if anyone has any topics they want to talk about, I know Damon, you were talking about uh, tutorials and paid ones versus free ones and things like that. So I'm really open for whatever. I kind of like, Seb, if you have a mic today or you can chime in the chat too. Um, I was thinking about this as your latest tutorial came out and I was watching it about like using ads on YouTube and like, how do, how do you guys feel about that since you guys do put ads on yours and I've just started to put ads on mine. Do you feel like people are upset about that at all? Maybe that's something we can get into as well for like people that create tutorials. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm down for whatever. So I'm sending it out to everyone else. What do you guys want to talk about? I will say, let's, Damon, you, you were already fired up this morning. So why, what topic do you want to focus on? Um, we can, yeah, the tutorials is a great topic. Cause I'd asked about it, I think last week after the meeting and then you, a couple of you guys chimed in to kind of, I guess, clarify and also kind of figure out what I was saying. Cause I've seen where like, I just recently started doing tutorials myself this year and you know, I kind of wanted to go along with a lot of the guys like the GSG guys, like like EJ, like, you know, video co-pilot, all that stuff where it's, they have all these free resources. So I figured, okay, I've been using those resources to learn how to do what I do. Why not do the same thing if anybody's interested in what I have? But then recently, and, and again, this isn't an insult towards anybody, but David Aryev, he did that tutorial on Vectron from uh, Octane, a new feature in, I think, 2018. 
And, you know, it was a free, he went through a lot of really detailed explanation for what he knew about at the time. And then recently I saw a guy posting a tutorial that's paid about the same thing. And I was kind of like, well, that's kind of, I mean, I guess if people had, luckily people have a choice for that, but I always wonder the, the people that just go directly, never have posted anything before that I've seen anyways in the last five years of using, using Octane. And all of a sudden they go right to charging for tutorials and somehow, I mean, I, I just don't know the mindset for that, I guess you know, neither good nor bad. I think that's pretty simple. People are trying to make money. You know? <laughs> I mean, like, it's like, would you buy a tutorial from someone who you've never seen any material from? Probably not. So then let him do whatever he wants. You know, it's like, if he's just copying it and posting it, it sucks. But a lot of like, like, you know, there was this Redshift tutorial recently that came out. Uh, it was like, it's really nicely presented. He had a Kickstarter and stuff. Also, like it was really, it looks like it's a really good training, but I've never seen anything from this guy before. Like it's, but again, you know, if you can figure out how to sell it, then you know, more power to you. Well, yeah, I mean, like, like guys. Oh, sorry, Mark. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, I, like, guys uh, like Merck. <laughs> Merck, like he he does. You know, he's he provides a certain like all, everything he does is you know it's I, I think it's on his Patreon or whatever. I think he has. Um, but he makes the tutorials and whatnot, and he has a ton of tutorials, and he also creates a lot of plugins. But that's pretty much what he does. Like, and that that's been his market from the very beginning, and he's grown a huge audience. Obviously, a lot of us use his tools. I mean, the guy's a, a freak of nature. He's a genius uh, when it comes to creating these really interesting tools and whatnot. Um, you know, and, and like I said, it wasn't to knock people that charge. I just wondered, like, the mentality besides making money in this day and age, where we're trying to be more of a community, like. You know, I guess some people, again, it's, I'm trying to make sure I say it the right way so it doesn't come across as an insult or, or anything. Um, I was just curious, like I said, mainly on that point that I saw a tutorial that was already done for free. Why would you make one and try and charge for it, I guess was more my point. Maybe you thought he was doing a better job. Like, I, like right now I'm thinking of doing a startup, I mean, a startup, a, like a starter tutorial for Cinema 4D series, which I would charge for. You know, like I have a lot of free tutorials, but this one would be like a more collected, you know, summarize knowledge, which I think I can do in such a way that hasn't been done that I haven't found yet. Um, maybe he thought he could do a better Vectron tutorial. Yeah. And like, like MoGraph.com, Dave and Matt approached me to do a Redshift series for them because I've got so many free ones and it's kind of like a little bit of an uphill battle because, you know, we've got, what is it, LFO Design just put out their new one. I think that was a Kickstarter one. And then Grayscale Gorilla and uh, Rich Nosworthy has his. And I mean, when it comes down to it, I kind of just have decided that it may not be the best idea because there's already people out there doing paid full-blown courses that... I can just tackle things for free a little bit. And for me, like, I, th I think it all depends on the person and the purpose and like how much you want to get into it. Cause I was just, I was reading on, I think Forbes that to even qualify making money or like qualify doing YouTube tutorials and getting paid through advertising, you have to have like at least a million subscribers for it to really start to be fiscally worth it and you have to put out like two videos a week and things like that and like Sev maybe you can talk about this too because this kind of like led me down a rabbit hole when I was thinking about doing advertising and I saw you guys do advertising on your videos like do you find that it's worth it does it help you guys get clients like what 
what about making tutorials is worth it for you guys besides giving back to the community? Pretty much it's about giving back to the community. There's, I mean, at least not for us, you know, we have our, our Patreon stuff that generates some, some revenue, not a, not a ton of it, you know, we put the ads on there just cause, but it doesn't really generate that much. I mean, all our tutorials are short too. You know, you're looking at um, five to ten minute, ten minute long tutorials. So you're not getting you're not getting a ton of. Um, sorry for the background noise too. Um, you know, you're not getting a ton of views in, in a, like length of time. So you're not getting a bunch of ads either. I think once you cross ten minutes, you get like. The, two ads or something like that so it's not it really i mean i think average average uh tutorial is getting like a dollar <laughs> so it's not it's not it's really not worth it in that in that regard um but it's and it doesn't really generate uh at least it's only really generated one one client for us so it's more about giving back to the community and honestly Paying for our paying for our time would be nice, like just to get to the point where Patreon is paying for the you know weekly or you know biweekly tutorials um, is really only our goal. That's it. We don't really care about much else. That's kind of us. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that too. Like, like I said, I just started putting advertising on like my most trafficked trafficked trafficked. I can't speak this morning. You know what I'm trying to say. Uh, videos. And um, yeah, for me, like, I think I've made like $5 <laughs> in total. And like, great, you know, like, it'd be cool to kind of recoup the time that I've put into videos. But at the same time, like, the conversations that I've had with people because of it, and like, like, quote, unquote, friends that I've made from it, too, because I have people that have left me comments on the video and then we start emailing back and forth and I find out, Oh, like they're working on some really cool stuff. And, um, it just feels like it has expanded my role in the community and like knowing people. And I've gotten two jobs off of it, like just really random too. Um, and it, they weren't like great jobs, but it definitely helped for those two jobs. So, um, I think I've, I think I started doing tutorials about two years ago. So what is that one job a year? Maybe if that, that makes sense. And I guess that kind of pays for my time a little bit there, but um, I think for the people that are really getting into it and charging for courses and like Patreon and like Entagma, it, it is a ton of work and you can just see from like the production quality of like Grayscale Gorilla and uh, use Entagma again that, like when you pay for it, you know that you're paying for quality. And I, I just don't have the time to put into like really finesse something like that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it. <laughs> Can even, what we do, even what we do takes, you know, a, an entire day at least and mm. whatever research we're coming up with to do, to do it too. So it's not, I think in the long run, I don't think it'll, ever pay for itself except for in like contacts and community and stuff like that because you know it's kind of given us the opportunity to have conversations with people that we've never had before so that's yeah. kind of 
I, I got to say, I've definitely got jobs from tutorials. Like I've had people email me who say, I, I mean, I don't keep track of it, but I feel like a lot of times people email me and say, I saw a tutorial, I need this done, or it's not working, and I have this bigger project. And so for me, that's definitely been working. And people have also bought my arms and legs pack and whatnot from seeing my tutorials. So, it, I mean, it's not a huge profit margin, but I think for me, it's definitely worth it. I think that's like the main way people find me. I, I think our, our ultimate goal would be to get to like have some stuff like that, some packs and stuff like that, where we can you know generate some some sort of passive type stuff for that for that end of it anyway. So while we're on the topic, do we want to discuss GSG Plus at all since they just announced that? Yeah, I was my mind was starting to drift that way too. Um, yeah. Um, I think it's really cool. It's interesting to me because it almost seems like like hold frame, if you guys know that site where like you can go and download projects, but it's gonna be curated through a single portal under GSG. So it's like almost like really good quality control, I guess. Or yeah, I guess it's kind of like the Linda sub a little bit too, where you can go and choose whatever things that you want. Um, I wish Chad was on here so he could tell us about it a little bit more, but it seems, it seems like it's going to be worthwhile. Does anyone here being a part of that? I know Billy Chicken, he's definitely going to be a part of it. I saw some of his examples on the site. You're, you're part of it, Andy? Are you allowed to talk about it at all? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But are we in this recording environment? Yeah. Are <laughs> we you. allowed to assume that it's going to be kind of like uh, a Skillshare or a Linda or like subscription model like that? Like that's what it seems like, like a month to month thing. Um, yeah, sort of. I, think, I think so. Yep. What's, yeah, what's yeah. the information's out there already? Uh, just sort of, yeah, I think it's, it's, It'll be, it'll be pretty cool what they're doing. So, and you know, they'll, they tend to do things right. <laughs> so yeah. 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 Be worth checking out. Um, yeah. I can't say what I'm doing yet because contracts and other things. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I think too, one, it sounds like it's a new platform and I know there's been, you know, some people via like the GSG Slack and all that, that have been a little um, annoyed with like the player and you had to, it was like through Vimeo or something like that and you had to watch it on the site. So I'm wondering if like this will allow for a better viewing experience and mobile and all that. Um, it sounds like maybe that's the way it's going. Um, so yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. And like just kind of going back to the paid versus free thing, it's kind of cool to see how GSG has evolved in that way where like they, they start off as like mostly free and then they had a couple products and now like they've been, I've not been, but they are considered a trusted resource in the community that they're now rolling out a paid platform that people seem to be excited about. You know, um, it's not like, other other sources where it's like all right this could be cool and you're not like questioning it and like you're not it doesn't seem like there's a lot of people on forums that i've been reading that are like well is it really going to be worth it is kind of like what i see with um like the lfo thing that i was just talking about with their uh, redshift 
tutorial or Redshift course that like there's a lot of people going, well, is it really worth it? And then Grayscale Gorilla has gotten to a point that we kind of know that it's worth it. So that's kind of cool that that we've gotten to that evolution with them. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about that? Pedro Pedro saying in the chat that Learn Squared is your favorite. Um, do you want to talk about why? Because I, I have a couple courses from there and I've never actually finished them. Uh, so when, do you want to talk about why it's your favorite? Yeah, sure. Uh, can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, good. Uh, well, yeah, so I, like a couple of years ago, I think, or a year and a half ago, I did the UI design for film uh, course by Yash Thorpe. And I thought it was really, really cool because um, he talked to you a lot about the process that he's got about how to approach these kind of uh, projects and designs uh, with like note trees and that kind of stuff. Um, he used, what was it, uh, MindNote. Not sure if you guys are familiar with that program, that app. Um, and uh, he broke down a lot of like the content within the brief um, and uh, yeah, basically, he just explained why he did what he did uh, every step of the way, basically. And uh, I thought that was really valuable. He wasn't just teaching you the technical side of things, basically. And uh, me, personally, that's something I really value uh, because especially when you're starting, um, like, creating stuff that has a certain aesthetic or is, like, a particular branch of design, like FUI, for example, uh, you need to know a lot about, uh, basically, well, it applies to anything really, but you need to know why you do what you do, basically. And it te um, Ash teaches you a lot of the, of the design principles, basically, not just the technical side. So, yeah, that's, that was really important for me, and I guess it, it is for anyone. Yeah, I think I took one of their courses. It was the uh, design for production or whatever, I think it was. And like I, at the time when I took it, I didn't have Octane. It was a few years back. So like it was, um, it was centered around Octane. So I, I don't think I got as much out of it. I probably should go back and revisit it. But I would say this, like to anyone who does the tutorials and stuff like that, uh, I would love to see more of a series or something that would be um, like art direction, like each chapter of your series or whatever, maybe it's a different brief and you have to dissect it. And how do I like come up with concepts and pitch this idea or how do all right, I get this idea? How do I get it down into the storyboard form or a couple style frames? And like, I feel like there are some courses that do that, but it, it's one long project. Like you were saying, Pedro, you know, like maybe he gets the brief, like Ash gets the brief, breaks it down and, through the multiple, you know, chapters of that course, you finally come to your product at the end or the, the final project. I would love to see something that is like multiple briefs and each week you dissect the brief and, and it's almost like repetition in a way, but it allow that repetition allows you to practice and start really understanding why like your mind's going here, or, you know, or why you're coming up with this concept or, um, I don't know more stuff like that because I feel like there's so many technical resources out there that a lot of times that overall art direction or, um, creative direction kind of gets missed and we get, you know, led by like the, the shiny spheres, like, Oh, you know, like hypnotize. 
Uh, but I would love to see that. So if anyone does have any resources that is currently like that, um, please share them. And if not, maybe that's an idea for people who make tutorials. I've, I know I would get something out of it. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Liam, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. I can hold it. Well, I just, um, I was just going to say that that course that uh, you were talking about, Mark, the design for production one with Michael Wrigley, I think it is. Um, yeah. So that one towards the end, you get tips or not even tips. It's like a, um, it's like proper, it's like a proper process about how to present your work mm -hmm. as well. So it teaches you how to present those style frames, create like a narrative behind them. Um, and just to, it's, basically you learn how to produce work that is ready to present to your client. Mm -hmm. So I think that is incredibly valuable. Um, yeah. So those are the two courses that I've, that I've gone through and, uh, yeah, that I totally recommend land square. I don't know about the other ones, but yeah, they seem interesting and, uh, it seems like they've got the stuff together. Yeah. Mm. Um, kept saying in the chat division five, do you know about that? Mark? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's very true. And I think, I mean, that seems to be like the only one that does spring to mind actually, like, as in he's really good about it and it's funny, you know, like it's, it's great. I, I bought the, I forget which one it was, but, uh, it's not one the one before, but yeah, maybe it's Snapdragon for, yeah, but yeah, that's really good. Um, trying to think yeah. oh the other point i was going to make too like at least with the intagma stuff that you were pointing out liam like they're also good from the stuff i've watched like the free houdini stuff um because even though it's technical they're still somewhat explaining why they're making these decisions so i've always thought that was pretty interesting and resourceful but yeah any other thoughts on art direction or creative direction. And I mean, yeah, it's definitely a tough skill to acquire as Mario was saying, but like, um, I don't know. I think it's worth investigating. Yeah. Like design bootcamp from school of motion is pretty good at like getting design fundamentals, but I wouldn't really say art direction. So if, if you're trying to improve design skills overall, I'd say that's good. I'm really excited for their new course, which is illustration for motion, because uh, it just, from what I've gathered, it seems like they're going to be covering art direction and like why you should be drawing a style frame this way or why you should be going in this direction, like thinking mm. about things um, as you're illustrating. But yeah, but like uh, like top tier stuff would be Division Five right away. Yeah. Like that's that's really the only person I know that's going in depth like that uh just reading through the chat i just want to say about the the learn squared stuff if you um what's really good i think about that is um the uh the journey section where like it's just ash dissecting the homework and i think that's where he kind of shines. I don't think there's a lesson on uh, where he's doing some stuff in C4D. And if you're not, if you're not new to C4D, then it's just like, uh, this is a bit slow um, because it's, it's just going at a certain pace. But, um, and I think there's some fairly harsh comments in the 
which they've kept in, but you know, and it's just like, that's not really called for. He's trying to do something, but I think what's great and the real value of that platform is that journey section where you do, you know, he's just, uh, you get all his experience kind of being poured out into the critique and you can, you can learn more from that. So yeah, that's really, yeah. And I think also on like the Michael Wrigley courses, they're probably some of the best on, on that platform for sure. Mm. So yeah, definitely go back and check it out, Mark. <laughs> yeah. And also check out the, uh, the YouTube channel because they've got all streams as well from 2016 and 17 as well that they're pure gold as well because they they had these live streams that they used to promote their new courses but also they had like random streams like once a week or once every two weeks where they had hosts and stuff um uh, guests sorry and uh, uh they had like people like joey camacho or michael wrigley himself ryan cashman and they taught they broke down some projects as well and they talked about uh the process behind behind them so that's really valuable as well. So yeah, Lens Squared streams, like the old ones, those are really good as well. And to the, this is so good, but like to the point where like some of the things that Ash teaches in, in his paid course, he teaches in, in, in the streams as well. So it's a little bit counterproductive, but there you go. If you want, you've got it there for free. Yeah. Um, now this is kind of like another rabbit hole, but one thing that I'd love about School of Motion platform and with wish other platforms would do, and I think why I'd never finished a Learn Squared course is like TAing and like getting feedback on your work as you're going through it. Um, and I would like that's one of my big hopes for GSG Plus is like I don't I hope they're not just going to be releasing courses, but that you're going to be able to interact with either teaching assistants or like the the content creators. Um, Cause it's one thing to go through and just like kind of do the work, but to actually get feedback on something as you're working through it, it's like a whole, whole different game because you like, you actually have somebody critiquing you and it kind of gives you experience in the industry of getting feedback and someone calling out your shit a little bit. Like that, that's one thing that I noticed and Penny and I have talked about too. Like we have so many people coming into the industry and they just don't know how to take feedback or like they're very sensitive to things and kind of, kind of builds up your skin a little bit. So that, that's one thing I, I wish all courses had available and also just the community too. Like one of the best things is the alumni group after you go through a school of motion course is there's like something like 5,000 people in there now or something ridiculous. So um, Yeah. I have, let's see, what are you saying, Damon? You have five of those courses. Where's Penny? <laughs> Penny's there on her phone. She's hanging out. The only thing, like, I, I think it was um, something Pedro had mentioned, or something, oh, no, I'm sorry, Andy had mentioned, like, with that with that Ash, Ash course, the first one that he did originally, like, I don't even think I finished it. Like, I kind of skimmed through when he got to the C4D part because most of it was, like, all this illustrator stuff, and I'm like, Oh wow! Like I already know all this. I'm like, darn it! And then same with C4D. Like I said at the time, I think Ash was just getting into C4D when he was doing those courses. Like he is usually using like um, I think probably Maya or even like SolidWorks, like um, Vitaly Bulgarov was using. So it was fairly new to him too. So it was kind of interesting seeing somebody of that I guess status in the industry, also kind of being a beginner, but learning it quickly enough to be able to teach a course on it. But unfortunately for me, yeah, in that case, where like I'm already kind of an advanced user in C4D and Illustrator, it, I felt 
like I kind of, it was a waste of money for me and a little bit, but like also like Pedro said, the other advantages of that though is the journey and how he explains certain things. Like he breaks things down in a lot of minute detail, which is crazy. But the actual, uh, I guess, application process was kind of not as useful to me. <laughs> I see you having trouble with notes, Mark. Mark's editing notes right now and it's funny. Um, did you want to talk about critiques? I see you just put a, a link in there that I've never yeah, seen. Yeah, I mean, when you were mentioning that, I came across this article a while back, uh, but it's written by Matthew Encina from Blind and the Future, and it's his kind of way of giving a critique. And for people who, like, don't feel like they, I don't know, give a good critique or whatever. It's a, like a two minute read. So it's a interesting thing to check out and may give you a little bit of structure if you're needing that for critiquing projects or whatnot. So I just dropped the link in the, in the chat. But I agree with you, like in terms of school motion and all that, like, you know, you've been a TA and like, it really, uh, I think you just need to practice, right? Like all this stuff. And I mean, a tutorial will go in one ear, out the other, in one side of the brain, out the other. If you're just, if you just do it and follow the steps, but if you, and if you don't put it into practice, it's not going to really take, you know? And I think giving the critiques, having like a live time kind of dialogue around work and being able to pick stuff apart, say what you like, what you don't like, you know, all that stuff is um, super important that doesn't really happen a whole lot, you know, in our industry. And, and we've even gotten into like the whole feedback discussion on a few of the Slack channels, you know, where people post their work and then people start giving feedback and either they don't want feedback or they're happy to have feedback. Like, you know, I, I feel like we're in that time where, you know, like with social media, everyone's like, oh, like, oh, that render is fire, right? Like, it's all, I don't know, there's never really constructive criticism in a way. And people almost get offended when you do give them criticism on their work, you know? And yeah, maybe most of that's coming when they're not wanting that, but, and that's why they get upset. But for the most part, I think like everyone's too nice. I don't know. <laughs> That's true though. Like yeah. whenever the minute you post something online, it's not yours anymore, pretty much. So it's open for, it's open for, you have to be open to criticism basically. Uh, even if you don't want it, like there's a comment section, you, you know that. Right there, if you post something on Instagram, you get someone say, oh, that's a shitty render or whatever. Uh, I mean, just be aware that that can happen, even if you don't want it. Just mm -hmm. block that person or, or whatever. But like, I guess that we're too used to getting our egos a little bit stroked when we post something, you know? And uh, you, we've become very sensitive, perhaps, so. Yeah, and I mean, which it's understandable, right? Like works of art, but like once that's done, you almost need to detach yourself from it, right? It's like, all right, cool, it's done. What, what can I learn from it? What could I do better? What should I change next time? You know, because like, if you're not learning that, then essentially you're telling yourself like, well, fuck, I'm like the best, <laughs> right? Like, 
there's nothing for me to change. It was so fucking good. And it's like, really? Like, I don't know. Every time I finish a project, I'm like, man, I should have tweaked that a little bit more. Or I should have done this. Like, I don't know. And if you're not necessarily doing that, I feel like you're, you're leaving money on the table. Or That's the wrong analogy, right? But like, you should be, I don't know, getting better, always getting better, you know? And I think that's why the whole education mindset of our industry is, is strong, you know? And people want to learn. People want to get better. If you're not learning, you're stagnant. And as a creative, it's the same thing as like going downhill for me. Um, so constantly learning and putting it into practice. But um, until you, I mean sorry, I'm just ranting now, but like, even in, even like the top tier directors or all these people that like win crazy awards and get awarded all these huge jobs, like they're not just thinking like they're king of the world. Like my shit don't stink type thing. I don't know. Maybe some people do, but I got to think that a lot of those top tier people are humble and they're always looking to get better themselves, you know, try whether it's new techniques, new software or I don't know. I don't know, but you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not taking that chance to grow at every opportunity. And that's not just watching tutorials. Yeah. Man, there's so much that you said it multiple times that I wanted to like tackle. <laughs> um, but I think before I go through any of that, I think Nick in the chat just brought up something good of like, how do you decide what feedback is valid and what can be dismissed, especially if you're in like a public forum or on a Slack or something? Um, for me, I don't know. It kind of just depends on what seems valid for the direction I want to take the piece in. Like in, like, in like a formal critique environment, say like in college, you generally get to present your piece a little bit. So you can say like, here's what the brief was, here is how I took it and why you can kind of explain like, I put the logo here and put text here and like different things, um, which you don't really get online. So I think it can be really easy to just get critique that is kind of coming from all over the place. Um, so if, if you're going through it, you got to take the best that you can. Like if, if you're trying to go in a certain direction and somebody's giving you a critique and it all seems like BS, find what in there is gold to take your project in the direction that you want it to go in. Um, but I think too, if you, if you are posting to get critique, make sure you give some background, like, don't just post and say, hey, looking for feedback, I hope you like it, because that's, that's fucking dumb. Like, no, like, great, do you want them to like it or do you want honest feedback? Because those two things often conflict. Like, you, you can get likes and get your dopamine up for the day, or you can get critique and you might have a little pity party with yourself, but you're gonna grow and you're gonna move forward and um, definitely evolve as an artist. What do you, so what do you, do you love, uh, Penelope? <laughs> Penny, I don't know why I called you Penelope. It's just written that way. Do you have a mic? There I go. don't, it was something you said. I can't remember what you 
Oh, no, yeah, I don't remember what you said. At the time, I loved it, but right now, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't even know what I said. I blacked out as I was talking. Just kind where of, am I? <laughs> yeah, where am I? Um, no, I yeah. Best... yeah, go ahead. I was going to say that I think the best way to check if the critique is something that's important to you is to just see what the other people are doing. Like, if someone's leaving you critique, you know, click on his portfolio and see if you want your work to be more like his or hers. Like, that's... I think that's the easiest way to determine. Like if they have no public portfolio, then how, yeah, then their opinion is hard to judge. You know, you can be like, cause that's all you can really do. When you give critique, you can make other people's work look more like yours. Like it's, you know, you're trying to teach them to do the things that you are good at. It's like, I can't critique people in style frames because that's not my thing, but other topics I can help with. So yeah. That is very true, I think, Alex. And um, um, something that I, was, I wanted to um, add as well is if you're going to ask for someone for feedback, I would say just reach out to them before you finish the project and show that, or even like show them some animatics if it's an animation that you're doing or like some style frames and stuff because when you have time to correct certain things, is when you really need the feedback, not afterwards, because then you're not going to come back and, and, uh, and change things that are going to affect the structure of it and stuff, right? Because you've put all these uh, efforts and time on it. So I would say just reach out to people at, at an earlier stage. Um, and, and yeah, like you said, Alex, reach out to people who are going to give you a relevant opinion. I've actually, that's why I miss forums, like, because in forums you used to post, like, you make a thread for your piece of work and then you just post it as you're going and people give you feedback. Like, I remember I was making a car, like, back in 2000s or something, and I got so much useful feedback on it. And at first I read it and I'm like, oh, crap. But then I actually implemented it and I'm like, oh, that looks much better. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, just also maybe just reach out to people that you trust as well. Reach out to people that, that you know who are at a... Uh, who are more advanced or know how to do things that you are doing just a little bit better, basically. So, yeah, like reach out to, I don't know, people like Andy. Is that okay, Andy, if people reach out to you? Yeah, man, that's fine. I mean, uh, you did. <laughs> and I, I, I appreciate that you did and it was uh, it was cool. So, yeah, um, I'm... I think, as I've just put in the chat, any fresh and sort of trusted set of eyes on something is is useful, and you can um, you can take as much of it or leave it. I mean, like I I remember when I did my recent show reel, I hadn't cut one for years and years, and I sent it to to Ryan Summers to get some feedback, you know, because he looks them all the time, and uh, he was like this, this isn't you <laughs> when, when he, when he saw it. And so I recut it and he's like, this is definitely more like you now. So, you know, it, it was useful stuff. So it, he said more than that, but you know, it was the gist of it. So, uh, so yeah, um, it kind of helped me sort of tailor it a bit more. And, um, um, you know, I think if you're, if you going back to, um, what was said, if you, if, what Pedro said, if, if you reach out before the project is done, then it's not finished in your head um, and you're more open to kind of make those changes because it's still this kind of flexible thing that's in development and yeah, don't, don't leave it too late. Um, 
it's like any project though. You're going to send it to the client before you get feedback. <laughs> so, you know, think of it that way. Yeah. So cool. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, it's all right. I, I, I was going to ask just to the community, like I, I have always been bad at giving self critique too. like when I'm working on something, I'm like, man, this is looking pretty good. But then when I send it off to somebody, they'll always point out s stuff that I didn't even think of. Do you guys have any techniques for like self critiquing that you go through in your workflows? Cause um, I like, I'm grateful for reaching out to people, but at the same time, you don't like that person may not be available for you immediately, especially if you're working on a client project and you need to get some feedback soon. Um, I find it helps to actually take screenshots of videos and then like draw over them as if you're the client and you can't fix anything in Cinema 4D or After Effects. Like I'll take it and I'll just open it in Photoshop or After Effects and I'll draw over the parts and point out and take notes on the stuff that I don't like. And then I'll go back to actually working on it. Yeah, I would say also just don't get very complacent and, uh, and basically try to, to nitpick stuff as you're creating it basically as well. Like, I don't know, look at when you look at a style frame or an animation for a hundred times, you start thinking, Oh, I think it's good to go. Oh, I think it's good to go. Oh, maybe I'll tweak this and that, but it's just a minor change that is not going to affect, um, affect your design in a, in a big way. Um, maybe just take some, just take some rest, stay away from your computer for a day and uh, come back to it later, I'd say. Or, and also just don't send it to one person only, send it to multiple people because maybe, yeah, like you said, uh, maybe that person that you want uh, an opinion from is not available, but you're going to have other people to reach out to. So, yeah. Go ahead, Andy. I see you. <laughs> I yeah, know. I was about to say, Andy's smiling a lot. So. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I, I think um, Penny said it as well. Like I always, I always kind of just end up hating what I do. And, uh, <laughs> and then you just, you, because you are desensitized to it and it's just like, uh, yeah, I mean, not, not you, you kind of miss the fact that maybe somebody else's eyes are going to be like, wow, this is pretty cool. So yeah, you need to kind of get over that, I think. And just, um, uh, yeah like all these points, take a step back, you know, have, have some time to kind of just think about it away from the computer and, and, and just kind of, um, like, I guess you, you don't really have the ability to do it in C40, I think, but it, you know, like it, 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 as easy as where well, you could hit render and, and, and bring it into Photoshop and flip it upside down and, and rotate it and, and, you know, do all that kind of, all those tricks that you do in, in Photoshop to check your, compositions right and all that kind of stuff and and um even take out all the color from the for the from the image and and just kind of see uh what's uh if everything's sort of reading well um but but yeah uh it's 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 always tricky because you know you're creative and close to a subject or whatever don't get too close step back i've got another another tip on that by the way because um i just remember um watching it watching something in multiple screens also helps because you decontextualize your design. So for example, say that you've got an animatic, uh, 
on a piece that you're doing. And if you can just take it to your, to your phone and watch it there, because it's going to give you like a different kind of relatively different perspective on the design that you've made. Right. So something that I've noticed, for example, is that a lot of the FUI designs that I've made in the past lacked quite a bit of contrast. And when I watched them, I posted them on Instagram and I was like, Oh, wow, this is like super dark. Like where, where, like where are all these details and intricacies that I could see in my monitor. And uh, I think that helps like watching stuff in different contexts in different screens and different contexts as well. So I think that helps. I, I agree. Um, I sent something, I'm doing something for a client and it will be at a, at a kind of trade show thing, but he was just like, yeah, just watched it on my phone still reads well. And you know, this is going to be on a big screen. So, you know, that's, uh, that means I guess it's working. <laughs> yeah. I saw that Penny had her hand raised and Damon had his hand raised. I don't know if, uh, Penny, if you want to jump in and then Damon, you can jump in after. Yeah, it was kind of a while ago. I think we've sort of moved on from the one thing of like the internet and like being resistant to it. So I didn't want to kind of circle back to that. Um, but I did kind of want to point out that like one of my techniques, cause uh, someone asked about self critique. I don't know. I think that was Nick. Um, I, I like to watch things a lot. Like when um, watching sports footage of yourself, uh, they always told us to like watch it once so you can just watch yourself, get that out of the way. Watch like all for all the cool things that you did or the mistakes you made. And then like you watch it again for, you know, uh, uh, the, the gameplay. And then you watch it again for your team. And then you watch it again for the other team. And like kind of learning to break down um, the different constituent parts. Because maybe you do some cool thing where you're like, oh my God, I figured out how to do this awesome sim. And it looks really dope. And then you end up watching it because you're proud of that thing or you really like that thing. And then you don't notice that like your texturing is terrible or something like that or whatever. Um, I think that uh, uh, just that getting in that, the habit of like, and, and I don't remember who, who said it. Was it Pedro? Did you say walk away? Uh, just take some space from it. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah like yeah. I, I like to think that when I'm working on a job, um, going for walks is actually part of my job as a creative. I will always defend um, time away from the computer thinking about a job that I'm hired on. Uh, as long as it's not insane, like I'm not gonna like, you know, go to the park and, <laughs> or like the like amusement park or something like that. But you know, like we're, it's a very mental career here. And it's, so it's really important that we, we give ourselves time to think away from our computer and stuff like that and come back with fresh eyes. Um, that's my take on that. I, you know, I'm going to circle back around. The only thing that I want to say about the, um, uh, the feedback online, uh, and this is a little bit, uh, uh, Mark, I agree with you, but I also disagree with you about people only wanting positive feedback is I think the internet can be a little bit two dimensional in terms of feedback. And I loved, Oh, I love it. I remember the point that I was going to say about Liam. I love the idea of, um, you know, in school or in a presentation with a client or something like that, you often get to talk about your constraints. I found that when I post stuff on the internet um, for like to, with the intention of critique or when I get unsolicited critique, um, the, inevitably the top five, 10 things are, you know, have you tried this? And I'm like, well, yeah, we didn't have time for that because of the schedule or the client specifically said, not that this was our creative, like, 
there's so many times when I get frustrated by people saying like a negative thing about a thing. And it was like, look, I'm really actually proud of that because you would not believe what it was going to be if we didn't come up with this creative solution. Yeah, it's not the best idea, but given the sets of, of, of criteria, this was genius, you know? And so I think being able to like frame your like what you want your critique to be can be very powerful and i mean like it's you know not always the case sometimes you have to be open to it but i really think that you have to um uh the internet is it can be a fire hose of information and it can really destroy your confidence and destroy like your like you know what you really need to focus on and you know your project better than anyone if you are a seasoned professional or like you know and I just, I do think that learning to trust yourself and learning and like, you can take the feedback. That's great. But nothing is worse than when you post a finished piece <clears throat> that has so many checks that have to be having it, having it from clients and your technology and your time, especially time in motion graphics. This isn't VFX in a movie where you have a week to work on each shot in comp, you know, like, look, you have to understand I did this in three hours, you know? And so putting that little tiny bit is, I find really helpful. That's me. Yeah, without the context, people can just rip it apart and you're like, yeah, totally. If I had a huge budget to hire all these people, like, sure, we could have done it like that. But I totally agree with you. Yeah. And when people do post stuff, it's just kind of like the link and like, hey, anyone have a thought? So totally any sort of context you can give if you're looking for the feedback, right, like is going to get you more of that direct valid hopefully useful feedback right so um damon what did you you had your hand raised as well yeah um it's kind of like they kind of go in hand in hand like the there was the question of how do you know if the feedback you're getting is feedback you can respect and it's even useful one way to do that like you said is or, or actually no it's like how do you um sorry how if you're you have a question about something and you can't get immediate feedback from somebody like one way that I would do is I would at least study, like I'd find something, somebody that did something similar to me. Say if I was doing a nature scene, you know, there's plenty of, you know, reference out there, a realistic reference, you walk outside, but as of, you know, renders and whatnot, you can um, obviously just do your best to study and look at it and try and work around it. And then the other part of my point was, but luckily in my case, at least with a lot of the guys in our community, like Raphael Rao, Jeff Bryant, like anytime I've reached out to those guys on Facebook, they've responded. Like they're really awesome. They're willing to give their information. So a lot of times, you know, I know there's some guys that are very like, I don't want to share my secrets and you know, cool. Good for them. You know, I get it. But most of the time, a lot of the, like the biggest huge names in our community, everybody's like, Oh my goodness, these guys are awesome. They're just like us and they're willing to give feedback. It's great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think like, but the other thing is, is I think when you're giving feedback, the, the best thing to do is to just give straightforward feedback. Don't interject like a personal opinion into it. You know, to be like, wow, this sucks. Like, I don't, I, I don't do things this way. Just be like, okay, well, you know, based on the fundamentals, like the lighting could use this here, this texture could use this here. Because um, I, I see a lot of that in, in different groups. Like in, in, in our Slack, in this one, in the MoGraph Slack, there's a lot of constructive criticism. There's not really a bunch of shit talking and just, you know, insulting. But in other ones, I've seen that where people ask for feedback and it's kind of like the feedback they're getting isn't as helpful as it is demeaning. So that was pretty much what I was saying. Yeah, I like a few years back, I sent my reel to Ryan Summers before he was doing those, those like lunchtime sessions. And he just through Twitter, just like 
kind of just ripped it apart and it was awesome. <laughs> it was so good. And a lot of it was like, Oh dude, you should change the lighting on this. The lighting should be like this. And, uh, I don't know, just all those points that I just didn't even think about, you know, and I was too close to it to really look at it objectively. So giving it to someone to do that really helped. I think myself move the needle up a bit, you know, Um, well, we just hit the hour mark, Liam. I just looked at the clock. Um, yeah, I got to roll soon because I got client work. I got to bust out today. Word. Um, yeah, I think well, this is a really good topic. Yeah. yeah, we can wrap this one up for today. I only have one link for today that I just saw this morning. I'll throw it in the chat. It was a trailer for the 2020 Olympics coming up, and it's pretty cell animation driven, but it's just gorgeous. Um, so I'd say, oh, did I just grab the wrong link? Hold on. Yep, I did. That was These Eyes, because Penny said something about eyes, and it made me think of that song by The Who. Um, why? Just click the link and grab it. There we go. There's the right link. Um, I don't know who the studio is or anything because it's, I believe it's all in Japanese, the descriptor and the title, but um, whoever did this, it's amazing. And it's almost three minutes long, so be prepared, but it, it definitely keeps your attention as you're watching it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It, it gets it through it. Yeah. Gorgeous. It, it's really gorgeous. Um, but beyond that, I definitely kept all the links that everybody was talking about, especially that, that future one and how to give critique. So that will be in the notes later. So unless anyone else has anything to share for like inspirational links, I, I'm pretty much good for the call today and wrapping it up. Agreed. Yeah. Um, so as usual, as we wrap this up, you can find us at mondaymeeting.org email us info at mondaymeeting.org all social media if you just do a quick search for monday meeting you can find us there uh just a reminder about camp mograph that we only have about 24 spots left and to use the coupon code cgraph 2019 to get a discount um it scales based on what you're getting if you're getting a tent or a cabin etc cetera, etc cetera. and beyond that i think next week um, it's going to be an open discussion most likely, but um, if anyone wants to talk about Seagraph, I'm definitely down to hearing about Seagraph, especially tomorrow. I'm really excited for tomorrow. And yeah, just a reminder for everyone. I yeah. think what time is that tomorrow? Like 1230 Eastern, 930 yeah. Pacific? Yeah, I think 930 Pacific, so 1230 Eastern. Um, so yeah, Dave, at the CEO of Maxon now, is going to be giving a little address at the beginning, just like he did at NEB. So exciting times. It's supposed to be industry changing. So who knows? Major announcement. That's what they said. <laughs> oh man, I thought you were saying that as like you knew. No, like, no, no, I didn't. Uh, I yeah. talked to Dave and Matt the other day and they were like, they had just heard and they were just like giggling. They were just like, oh my God. So, oh, did they, they finally heard? Yeah, they like sat in on the press conference or something. So, uh, 
think Dave said uh, last week that he knew, but they were under like an insane NDA. Yeah. Yeah. Like it sounded like he kind of knew like a couple things, but not like the, the giant big announcement. So like not to speculate and I know we're wrapping up the call, but like everyone's talked about like, Oh, they're going to buy Insidium or, Oh, they're going to go to subscription or, you know, like they've a lot of talk or Redshift's now going to come bundled or whatever it is. Yeah. I saw this pop up on Twitter and I was like, Oh, I can't believe no one's talking about that. But what if they had like rewritten the core to, for it all to be multi-threaded <laughs> and oh, now yeah. everything just is fast. Yeah. I think that would be industry changing. I feel like. I think, um, what's his name? Burned alluded to that, that like that's part of the rewrite is like many, many things becoming multi-threaded, but, um, I don't know that like that seems like big industry news but at the same time not like only yeah, like it should be there <laughs> yeah so um i i don't know I, I could speculate all day about what things can be but yeah they bought every third party renderer and now it will <laughs> all come <laughs> that would be cool check that out i think it's c4dlive.com yeah, is let me the, just um is the link for that. I'm gonna double check. Yeah. Maxon bought Maxon. Or they maybe bought all the, the trucks that truck company. Oh. oh no no. If you guys remember from NAB, what was it, twenty seventeen, maybe Maxon's gonna start making computers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it says uh tomorrow nine thirty, C4D Live dot com, major announcements from Maxon CEO Dave McGavern. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll be on the Slack around that time. I'm sure there'll be a lot of banter and discussion happening. But if anyone, Penny is at Seagraph, if anyone is going to pop through there and wants to join next week to kind of give us a bit of a breakdown of what they saw, that'd be great. So um, until next week, enjoy the live streams this week. C4D Live, Houdini has some... like side effects has some streams and stuff like that so a lot of content coming out this week so uh looking forward to digesting it all next week with you guys and uh until then have a great week and kick butt we'll see you see you next monday thanks everybody bye see ya